Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And we are back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner. Merry Christmas, everybody out there. Happy holidays. Hope you guys had a great time with family and friends. You certainly did not have a great time watching the Colts try and play football. On Sunday at 1 o'clock in Atlanta, I'm Kevin Bowen. We are back. Eddie Garrison with me as well. Eddie, given the opponent, given the magnitude of the game, I, I don't even think there's an argument. I think it's the most disappointing result of the season. Too much eggnog? Uh, too much eggnog. I saw someone uh, tweeted out a Magic City hangover. Mm. If you're familiar with the Gentleman's Club uh, named Magic City, I unfortunately have made a stop in there before. And, boy, exiting out of there, I can see why uh, the hangover could be real. But <laughs> um, Why I say most disappointing, it's because you look at the two, th- the two phases, two position groups, everyone will label it. Walking into that game that you felt good, confident in, however you want to describe it, would be the defense and would be the offensive line. And I thought those two groups failed you the most. You know, it's not like you had whatever. Um, you know, Josh Downs dropped two punts as a rookie, and you know that changed the game. Or you know, Minshew wasn't great, but it's not like Minshew threw had you know six turnovers or something along those lines. There. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor's injury didn't lead to two fumbles. Like, no, no, no. I mean, your defense just let the Atlanta Falcons score a season high, 29 points. Saw a stat where the Falcons had not had a lead bigger than 13 points all year. They pretty much played with that lead the entire second half uh, of at least that margin. And I think what was also disappointing, Eddie, is could you have scripted a better start? No. You go right down the field and score in you the know, first drive. Arthur Smith goes defer. He goes, no, no, no. I want to get my best unit out there which is defense, you know, put your questionable unit out there, which is probably the Colts offense, and you go right down the field. Well, Mallory, you know, some big plays. Jonathan, how about Taylor's first two runs? 19 yards on those first two carries. Uh, and then after that, just just really, really poor and how easily you let Atlanta score. Uh, and then I thought there was a big sequence there into the first half, Eddie, and I don't want to get too much into it. And in my story that I posted, Five Things Learned, from the game, you'll notice in there I put it number five. I didn't want to lead off with it. But, Eddie, it's 7-all about five minutes ago in the first quarter. Young Way coup. I'm a little confused by Young Way's approach to kicking the football. Clearly, he's done it at an NFL level, but he almost looks like he's going to toe bash it. Right. Which, I uh, trust me, I am all for the old toe basher. Young Way is setting up for – not Young Ho. Young Way is setting up for a 49-yard field goal. Uh, with 6.09 to go in the second quarter. Uh, it doinks off, yeah, with 20 people in the whole stadium. You could hear the doink. Uh, doinks off the upright, and all of a sudden there's some laundry on the field. And it is rookie Amir Speed, who is playing a role that Tony Brown has played for this football team this season. And so, you know, last week's podcast, okay, what would the Tony Brown and or Isaiah McKenzie's on-field losses be? And, you know, I, I think the common theme was it thins your depth at slot wide out and nickel corner. But if there is a little bit of an area that it impacts, I mean, there are some Tony Brown-specific roles on special teams. And, again, a rookie in Amir Speed, the same guy that ran into Isaiah McKenzie a few weeks ago in Cincinnati. Um, he is offsides, which, think about this. In two of your last three weeks, two of your last three losses, you've had field goal block penalties. Like, you don't block kicks in the NFL unless you're Miles Garrett. I mean, it's very rare that you block kicks in the NFL. And whether it's a leverage penalty by Taven Bryan or an offsides penalty by Amir Speed, especially a pre-snap penalty, man, it's just so inexcusable on fourth and five. And again, that's a 7-7 football game. If Young Way Koo misses that, which he did, mm-hmm. you're, what, 20 yards away from Matt Gay range? Maybe less than that? And now maybe you have to lead at halftime. And it's a totally different, you know me, game flow, game flow, game flow. Mm-hmm. And that play is as big as Nick Cross picking off Trubisky last week or two weeks ago or as big as Minshew extending it to find Pittman when you're down 13 nothing. Huge play. Um, so I did want to make sure that we mentioned it. But overall, 
Um, I think what stings about this loss, what stings about the Cincinnati loss two weeks ago, Eddie, is while you are going to end the year, no matter what happens these final two weeks, you will have overachieved in the win total. What hurts is you're losing to like-minded teams that you could make the argument has more reasons to not be in the mix than you. Mm-hmm. You know, whether the drop, I mean, the drop from Joe Burrow to Jake Brownie is much different from Anthony Richardson to Gardner Minshew. Uh, Atlanta's just overall footprint of a football team. Like their version of Greg Doyle, Atlanta's, Jeff Schultz, their mm-hmm. version of Bob Kravitz. What did you do post game? He walked to Arthur Blank's car with him. You don't do that unless you think there's a chance your coach is going to get fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, that's where you're at in Atlanta right now. It was Arthur Blank having to answer questions. Is it joy or is it relief that you just got that victory? You know, it's not like, hey, we're still in the playoff hunt. It's more of like future questions about the head coach. So that's what I think is disappointing. It's you're not losing to the Ravens. You're not losing to the Dolphins. You're not losing to the Chiefs. You're not losing to Josh Allen or, you know, whatever established quarterback you want to label here in December. And if for some reason you lose one of the final two, it's still a rookie quarterback. Obviously Aiden O'Connell's different than CJ Stroud, but still, I mean that is where it would sting for this team and potentially missing the playoffs of yeah, you're playing your backup, but your backup has a different resume than these other guys. So um, I think that's where it really stings, and obviously, again, it goes back to the first part for me, Eddie. And you know, the biggest disappointments are you know two areas that should should have a higher standard. Mm-hmm. The grading scale is different for the O line and your defense. Uh, did Max, Rosie, and um, Maddie have a good Christmas? They had a great Christmas. Do you see Max Bowen has done seven in a row? No. The man has gotten seven straight. Uh oh. Do they want him in Vegas? Is UNLV ready to offer him a full ride? Are you getting rich off of this? Um, if you tailed him, no, to answer your question. If you tailed him, you'd be up, 50, I believe it's $54. On just, like, what, $5 bets or $10. what? $10. Seven straight, Eddie. These are all coin flip games. Yeah. People called him out for the Bengals. People called him out for the Falcons. His father maybe even disagreed with him on some of those. And here he is. 15 months old. Future Road Scholar. <laughs> Did he pred- uh, no, we had, we, had, we had a great Christmas. Thank you for asking. Did he predict the Citadel? Uh, he did not have this. I'm, 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 my middle finger is in the air at you for bringing up the Citadel beating Notre Dame. We've moved on. We beat Marist on Friday. Notre Dame beating the fighting Rick Smitzers. Uh, great Christmas for the Bowens. How about yourself? It was good. Nice to be able to be around family, so that was good. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Now we have to actually talk about the game in terms of what you did not like, so let's start with the defense because the tackling in that one was just absolutely poor. Yeah. Uh, let Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier pretty much do anything they wanted all game long. Poorest defensive effort of the season. Tackling is where you start, so I'm glad that you mentioned that first. I thought I read somewhere Bijan Robinson forced like 11 missed tackles. I mean, it's just, you know, how much was it just Heineke dumping it off? Um I thought a huge sequence, Eddie, as well, and maybe not a huge sequence in deciding the game, but more or less summed up the game, was right there at the start of the second half. Do you remember the first play of the second half? I do not. Taylor Heineke drops the snap. Drops the snap. Cut. So, uh, boom. All of a sudden, it's second and 14. Atlanta is behind the chains. Heineke dumps it to B. John Robinson. Missed tackle. 14-yard first down on a second and 14. Okay, let's go to the next drive, okay? Um, 20 to 10, still, you know, two-score game. Atlanta's in a third and 14. Screen. Screen, and Taylor Heineke throws it behind 
Jonu Smith. Not even in stride. Jonu Smith's got to reach to the left behind the line of scrimmage to make that catch. And he breaks an EJ speed tackle, goes 15 yards, and it's a first down. Right there. Those first two drives of the second half. Golden opportunities. Um, if you want to go back to the next play after the John New Smith 15-yarder, you've got B. John Robinson in the backfield. Like, big tackle for loss. I jotted it down. Um, I mean, right there. You had him for, I would say, at least a three- or four-yard loss. Second and five. He gets five yards out of it. Like, the tackling, I cannot recall a time a Colts defense tackled that poorly in a game. And I get it, Eddie. We talked about the Falcons. Their skill guys are guys you regret taking to fantasy. Robinson, Pitts, and London. That's mm-hmm. kind of how their rookies, or their, I shouldn't say rookie, Robinson, I guess, but that's kind of how their seasons have been. But this ain't the 49ers in the open field. This isn't Tyreek in the open field. Like, 29 is their season high in points. Six point, what was it, four yards per play? I believe the second highest of the season. Atlanta does not do this. Other teams have tackled Robinson fine. Other teams have tackled Pitts and know where he is fine. Same thing with London, who really didn't have that big of a game. They had, keep on going to the box score, they had 12 plays of over 10 yards. 12 plays of over 10 yards. And you know what's more damning? Nine dudes made those 12 plays. It wasn't just the big three I listed. And in Robinson's case, and Algier's case, and Cordella Patterson's case, they did it in running and catching mm-hmm. as well. But, I mean, hell, you had Scotty Miller. I mean, you want to talk about how easy that third down was to start the game? That first touchdown drive, you got off to the perfect start. You score. You got them on the ropes. They're a team that's teetering a little bit. And how easy was that first drive for them? Oh, it was too easy. It was like Madden. Miller, wide open. Robinson, big play. Pitts, there you go. Touchdown. Back to back. Um yeah, so I, again, I was just extremely disappointed in the defensive effort, uh, and it's not like you sprinkled any any playmaking. Zero. You know, Franklin drops the pick six. Uh, the one sack was what zero yards for Quiddy Pay, maybe one, sure. maybe loss of one, if that. Um, you grade that unit on a higher scale, and and uh, as you should, and uh, I mean that's the healthy group. I mean, I know Blackman exited early, but still, I mean that's it's a pretty healthy group, especially in the front seven. And for that to play that poorly, I uh, really, really disappointed in it. Yeah. I thought they just looked slow, like a half a step slow. and Agreed. I mean, a lot of arm tackles. Yeah. Or, you know, a lot of just kind of diving attempts. And, I mean, yeah, there are some athletic dudes on that Atlanta team, but you know, everyone else has certainly been able to handle it. Uh, you talked about Arthur Smith. Did that win? Just extend his tenor there? And... Oh, it seems like a weird vibe. You know, we had... One of their guys on last week, I know you did as well. They seem to think that there was a chance he would retain it, but it seems like it's very much in question. Yeah. But hell, he changed the – I mean, maybe shaving the mustache. Maybe he said, no more adult films. We're going to play like a d- adult football teams here. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, talked about Colts defense a little bit, switching over to the offense. Nobody stepped up for the lack – or for, for Michael Pittman who missed this game uh, with the concussion. Um, if you weren't aware – Pittman was cleared to play, and then on the flight down to uh, Atlanta, he developed concussion-like symptoms, so he got put back into the protocol. Therefore, he missed the game on Sunday against the Falcons. Nobody stepped up like in that Steelers game like DJ Montgomery did to make some plays, but uh, overall thoughts on the Pittman-less yeah. offensive uh, performance. And I'm going to go O-line before I get into Pittman. I th- I was I, I want to ma- make sure that we mention the O-line, Eddie. I thought that was a position group that, again— um, you hold to a higher standard. And I know there's no Braden Smith in the lineup. I thought that was the most rookie-like Blake Freeland has looked all year. Six sacks. We have Yeah, six sacks, obviously a big number. Uh, we have not mentioned a lot of, you know, day three pick, you know, Blake Freeland looking like that. I, I thought he looked like that. I thought Atlanta had a great game plan. You know, you think about Chris Boward's approach at tackle, it's a lot of the ex-basketball player frame, a lot of the ex-tight end frame. You know, Ryman, of course, is, is a former tight end. So what did Atlanta do? They said Calais Campbell, who literally is the biggest human being I've ever seen. Uh, they said Calais Campbell is a power rusher that probably is more of an interior guy. You no, no, you go opposite Ryman on some big third downs. And if you watched, I thought it was a lot of, I didn't think the sacks were a lot of speed rush sacks. I thought it was a lot of insert Colts offensive lineman is in Gardner Minshew's lap. Like, just a collapsing pocket, but almost just like a pushed back pocket very quickly into Minshew. And again, Minshew, you know, he can get rid of some of that, but still, way too big of a number sack-wise. And go back to the rushing effort. I mean, Taylor is 2 for 19 to start the game, and then 24 yards on his next 16 carries. 
One thing I do want to note on Taylor. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. Maybe I paid too much attention to it coming into the game, so I was hyper-focused on it. I thought he looked a little tentative of, like, two hands on the ball, really focused and nervous on, like, making sure the ball security was there. It's understandable, but I wonder if that impacted him at all. Again, I think the bigger issue for the run game was, to me, the inability to reestablish the line of scrimmage like you did the previous week with Pittsburgh. So, I want to make that clear. But I just, I didn't see Taylor as free of a runner. He only had one target, I think, in the past game. You know, again, without Pittman, it's a guy you'd love to get in space. Hey, you tackle Taylor like we're trying to tackle, you know, B. John Robinson. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Freeland had a penalty too. Was it, he might have the illegal man downfield, I think, on a big play that they had. So, um, you know, you cannot afford, with how you're built, especially without Michael Pittman, you can't afford your O line to be Jekyll and Hyde. And they've been that too often here, especially late in the year. Um, you know, it kind of goes back to the Cincinnati game a couple of uh, a couple of uh, times. So, um, yeah, I, I wanted to go O line before Pittman. In his last five games, Jonathan Taylor has earned four of his five four of his last five games. He has two catches on four targets for eight yards. Wow, it's that small. Mm-hmm. If you take out the Carolina game within the last five, that's what it looks like. You know, and I understand the plan on Sunday. I mean, I do. I think there was a legitimate... You know, he played 42 snaps. You know, I wonder how many pass plays he was even in for. Mm-hmm. Just pass protection-wise, you know, some of that stuff. But um, without Pittman... And I guess let's get into Pittman right here. Uh, what a great day for Michael Pittman Jr.'s client and representation. Uh, that's the exact sort of performance you want to see when your player misses his first game of the season. Yeah, you know, Saturday he developed some head-like... Symptom or some headache like symptoms, head like symptoms, headache symptoms. So he's ruled out. You know, it's very unusual to see that. You know, when Ryan Kelly has had his late week uh, regression, if you will, in the concussion protocol, it's never been after being cleared by the independent neuro. You know, Pittman was cleared. He was cleared Friday. Independent neurologist, good to go. 24 hours later, he's not. I assume him wearing sunglasses like we saw on the sidelines was due to, you know, the light sensitive nature of what an NFL stadium looks like on game day. Um, so he's back in protocol. We'll see how he progresses this week. But, man, did you feel his absence. And just the sheer numbers tell the full story. 71 offensive snaps for Alec Pierce. Three catches for Pierce for 30 yards. I want to say one of those catches, Eddie, was just a you know backdoor catch with like a final minute to go. And a drop. Uh, had a drop. And then DJ Montgomery, 61 offensive snaps, un catch, eight yards. You want to look at their targets? They had four catches and 11 targets. I mean, just look, look at Pittman's numbers from any game this year. I mean, he puts up that stuff in a half. His catch percentage is higher, uh, all of it. So, um, outside wideout depth. I mean, we've talked about it all year long, how it is a question. And luckily for the Colts, they have had health with Pittman and health with Pierce. And all of a sudden, when they didn't have it, it really showed up in a poor, poor way. If you combine their snaps, Pierce and Montgomery, 132 offensive snaps, four catches, 38 yards. <laughs> it's just a huge, huge number. You had critical job. I mean, you know, Josh Downs had a very, you know a drop of a very catchable ball as well. Um, you know, drops can be kind of a gray area. And, you know, was Minshew pinpoint, you know, state fair accurate? No. But I thought there was some very catchable moments in the game, and your guys had an inability to hold on to that. So um, you really, really felt the loss for Pittman. He is so darn consistent for you, so reliable. You can't take it for granted. Um, and I don't want this to all of a sudden turn into – Alec Pierce bust. That's what Kevin Bowen says. I think I've tried to lay out my Pierce thoughts in, a, in as accurate of a way as I can. I think for the most part, he's a one-trick pony. The one trick is damn important mm-hmm. when it's working. And you saw, I mean, didn't he draw the big pass interference penalty at one point on Sunday? Pretty yeah. Sure he draw one, or drew one on uh, A.J. Terrell. I mean, it's on the touchdown drive. W- was it on the opening drive? I thought so. Um... You know, that's, I, I didn't know if it was that or if it was the Matt Gay field goal drive. But when you have a quarterback that obviously can cater to that, that can be a big-time weapon for you there. 
Um, yeah, it was. It was on that third and eight there on the mm-hmm. drive. God, that was such a huge play. I, I didn't even think that was a super catchable ball, uh, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I, again, I think we know Pierce is not going to be eight for 88. He's not going to be the the big-time underneath guy. And it's why I've emphasized wide-out need, wide-out need, wide-out need so much. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you need to cut Pierce tomorrow. Mm-hmm. With Anthony Richardson at quarterback, he still can be a really important guy for you, but he's just not this complete number one wideout. He's not even Michael Pittman Jr., I guess. You know, And obviously there are people out there, and, and I get it. You know, Pittman's not a top five. He's probably not even a top ten wideout, but he's a really good wideout in this league, and you can't skip. You can't skip. You can't shortcut. I'll say it a million times at wideout. And so yesterday or Sunday, boy, did you feel his loss. Really felt it. Oh, yeah, because it just allowed teams to play uh, safety over the top on Alec, and then yeah, I mean, no one respects the Colts offensively with that makeup, you know, with no Pittman right in the lineup. So um, yeah, you just have to have somebody step up, and nobody did. No, no one did. A- you know, yeah, yeah, no one did. You want to move on to the one player that you did like? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Kylan Cranston had a good game. I thought Will Mallory also had a good game too. The two tight ends, I think, combined for what uh, eleven catches and over a hundred yards. That is correct. Um, I'm trying to think of what the game was. Was it Cincinnati where I literally had nothing I liked? Nine for 107. Uh, yes. I, I do think Granson and probably Mallory deserve mention here. I mean, I, I thought individually they did. You know, there were a couple catches from Granson that were, you know, he had a flashed little catch radius mm-hmm. um, to, to uh, make those plays. So um, I thought both of them deserve, you know, mention. Obviously, Mallory had the real bang, bang, drop, fumble, and, you know, incompletion, whatever you want to call it there. But um, you've been looking for someone to emerge at tight end. And it was another day where they played a ton of tight ends. Um, but I thought, oh, Colts are going to get M- Matt Ryan again on the old broadcast crew. I thought he did a nice job last time. I'm not a big fan of... Tiki? Yeah. You're not a Tiki guy? No. Um, yeah, I think the three-man booths are just odd anyways. Um, we got to try and get Matt Ryan on the show. Text Mark Dykeman on that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Eddie, or yeah, I almost called you Andy, and then I remembered I had no more Reese's left to give you. <laughs> uh, did, did I mench- miss anything individually? I mean, did Rigoberto Sanchez have a nice punt that was uh, down by Chris Lamonts? Not really. I mean, like, I mean, we we're just you're just grasping. Um, uh, the two tight ends, nine catches, 109 yards on 11 targets. The rest of the team, um, 11 catches on 24 targets for 92 yards. Worst effort of the season? Would you agree with that? No. I would still put Cincinnati as the worst effort. Walk me through that. I thought offensively and defensively in Cincinnati, were, they were both equally bad. Equally bad, yeah, and, and just, special teams was horrible in that game too. Like, yeah, you, you go to the third phase for that one. I just have a higher level of respect for Cincinnati than I do the Falcons. Yeah, but it wasn't even like it was Jamar Chase and T was, Higgins beating t- you. I mean, T Higgins had one play. Jamar was pretty much not. Yeah, but I existent. think their presence. I think Cincinnati's capable of that. I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are capable of what they did on Sunday. I mean, twenty nine points is a season high. That's also fair. Yeah. Not a good argument to have in the month of December. Uh, let's quickly mention Colts playoff action here, uh, Andy, Eddie, Eddie Garrison. Andy I know Sweeney. you did. I know you did that one on purpose, so I'm not <laughs> going to charge you. Before we get into Twitter questions here, um, article up 107.5 The Fan list playoff situations. Feel free to chime in at any point, Eddie, if you feel like I'm not clarifying it properly. You win the last two, you should be in. Bingo. I say should because if Cincinnati is tied with you and it's just you two tied, they get in over you. They have the head-to-head. So you want Cincinnati's at Kansas City home to Cleveland, I believe. I assume Cleveland will be locked into a seat at that point, so they might be resting a little bit here. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Um, Basically, you want if you're going to be tied with Cincinnati, you want another team tied with you. You want you know Houston tied with you. You want... Uh, Pittsburgh tied with you. You want other teams because then once you get into multiple, basically right now, why are the Colts the eight and seven team that's in the playoffs and everybody else is out? 
Okay, what you do first is you break division ties. Okay, the Colts have the division tie over Houston because they beat Houston already this year. Obviously, these two teams will play a week from Saturday or Sunday. There you go. Now, the other side of it, why is Pittsburgh and Cincinnati? How does that tiebreaker get solved? Pittsburgh swept Cincy. So that gets broken first. Now you get into Indy versus Pittsburgh. Boom, the Colts have the head-to-head tiebreaker there. The AFC South door is still ajar. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's worth mentioning. Uh, we'll see about Trevor Lawrence's shoulder sprain, but uh, the magic number for Jacksonville is it's two, right? If they win, yeah, if they win both, they win the AFC South. If they win and you lose, they also would win the AFC South. Um, basically finish ahead of Houston. If you split, you're going to need gobs and gobs of help, even if you just beat Houston. You know, if you beat Houston, Eddie, because we have talked about this a lot, if you beat Houston, you should be in. The issue with losing to Atlanta now is if you beat Houston, all it takes is Pittsburgh or Cincinnati to win their last two. Mm-hmm. Now, again, they both have tough road games this week. Pittsburgh's at Seattle since he's at KC. But then in week 18, they both could be playing teams that are resting. Baltimore could be locked into the one seed or the two seed. They could be resting. And then, again, Cleveland could be locked into that seed as well. So um, those are just things to keep an eye on. Now, those are both, I believe, 4 o'clock games for Pittsburgh and Cincinnati this week. So you won't know necessarily your fate right away. Um, But I think you would have a strong idea because if you lose to the Raiders that makes them 8-8 eight and eight and all of a sudden they're that, right there. Exactly. That. Now the Raiders are in the mix as well. So a split of a game in particular, I mean either of them, because Raiders or Texans you will help both of them out in the wild card standing. Just win two. Win two and have Cincinnati not win two and you should be in. Just win. If that's, uh, yeah, that's as simple as, as I can break it down and I know the Raiders got a great win yesterday, but Eddie, that win had so many just kind of like fluky situations. Uh, zero passing yards after the first quarter? I mean, O'Connell didn't complete a pass in the final three quarters. Right as, how did the Raiders get in the game? Pacheco and Mahomes drop an exchange, boom, there's a touchdown, and then the pick six happens that next play. Like, again, I don't think that's a, the Raiders have some individual talent. No question. Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. We'll see if Josh Jacobs is back. I think Josh Jacobs is a very good runner. I know statistically he might not rank as high up as some other runners. I think he's a dynamic back. But short week, I mean, did you watch Antonio Pierce? He acted like that was their Super Bowl. And I get why. I just don't think, I don't know, short week, multiple time zone travel. Gosh, I keep on saying should with the Colts, but the Colts should have a big advantage. Nothing is ever easy. No, 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 no. And, you know, there's an element of me, Eddie, that sits here and thinks, isn't this just largely an average football team taking advantage of a pretty manageable schedule? Yeah. Maybe that's too simple. Maybe that's unfair. Um, again, I think I can say that, but also understand fan disappointment in losing to like-minded teams. Mm-hmm. And, again, like-minded would be Cincinnati with their backup QB. Atlanta with their backup QB. And you still have elements of this team where you can hold to a higher standard. Cleveland with P.J. Walker? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly go back even further. Um, so I think that's, that. yeah, that, that's, that's a great point that you bring up. That's where you have the disappointment. It's that, you know, you're, you have three losses to, you know, I label Minshew as different than other backups. You know, we just put this blanket statement over all backup quarterbacks. Some of them are different than others. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Minshew has got a baseball card where, again, he is thought to be one of the better, best, however you want to describe it, backup quarterbacks in the league. Um, certainly different than P.J. Walker, different than Jake Browning, different than Taylor Heineke. And so I think that's where some of your disappointment comes into play. Ready for Twitter questions? Yes, sir. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I- 
bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller. I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Big Bama is up first. Regardless of how this season ends, do you believe the Colts should look into a new defensive coordinator, or do you believe it's more so the personnel? Or is it a little bit of both? Merry Christmas to you and the family. Merry Christmas to you as well, Big Bama, everybody out there. Um, Yeah, I would definitely say both, Eddie. You know me. I prefer a little bit more attacking. I want to dictate. I like aggression. I like a little bit more blitzing. I like a little bit more press man. That's kind of me. Uh, I have said now for several weeks, several months, we'll continue to say it till late April, speed, edge, rusher. Um, you need that. You need that. Oh, my gosh, I'm looking at this picture of Shaq Leonard. He just looks like he wants to kill. He played pretty well last night, didn't he? He had a sack, seven tackles, I think a couple quarterback hits. Tackle for loss, I believe, as well. Yeah. They wrote me off, talked down on my name. I'm here to prove it, prove I can still play, prove I can still make plays. I feel like he's talking directly to me. He might be. Um, I think you need more playmaking in the secondary. Eddie, I believe you had one pass defensed from your secondary on Sunday. Jalen Jones is it. Had one. You, you need more hands on balls. You just need to be around the ball a little bit more. Uh, you know, what's the future at safety? So, uh, again, I am, a f- I am a fan of looking into upgrading at defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gus Bradley's done a lot of good, but to me, I like dictating, playing more aggressive. And I know there's a lot of people in the NFL that the philosophy's changed defensively. It's, no, no, no. We're going to play the two-shell look, and we're not going to give up any big plays, and you got to dink and dunk us to death. Mm-hmm. I get that. I think when you play a high-quality quarterback in the playoffs, which, again, the Colts haven't sniffed high-quality quarterback in weeks. No. When you play that... That gets exposed. Um, yeah, I go back to that Rams game with Stafford, you know, without Cooper Cup and just the consistent, just methodical moving their way down the field against you. Um, not with a great offensive line. Not, I mean, not with some great, you know, run game at the time. I don't think they were viewed in that light. I know Kyron Williams has really come on here as of late. So, uh, yeah, I, it's something I would look into. But would they? I don't. Eh, I don't know. But I, the thing is, we don't really know with Steichen. We don't know what Steichen's mo is. By the way, do you cut a mere speed? Do you make him inactive? That play to me is a is a cuttable offense. Maybe that's too harsh, but a healthy scratch coming up on Sunday. I could see that. I think that would send a message. I think the inactive part of it would send a message. Yeah. Especially with him being a rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, that's that's probably yeah. That's probably yeah. Actually, I mean, it's a rookie mistake, unfortunately, at the wrong wrong time. But I could see the inactive over the cut. Right. Um, that's Notre Dame legend Kyron Williams, by the that way. That is Notre Dame legend. One of my favorite Notre Dame players ever. Um, I love him. Jason would like to know if you put more weight on Jonathan Taylor's ineffective, ineffectiveness on himself, poor offensive line play, or the lack of any threat in the passing game. Uh, poor old line play. Yeah. Uh, well, poor old line play, and then I'd start there, and then I'd go to lack of any threat. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you still have Pierce vertically, but just go to those Taylor numbers. You know, two for 19 and then two carries for 19 yards throughout the game, and then 16 for 22. Like, I know he was pretty protective of that football, and I, I felt that watching him run, but I don't think I saw, like, gaping Trey Sermon, Tyler Goodson holes against the Steelers for Jonathan Taylor. I don't think I saw that. You know, his best running, Eddie, is probably a little bit of patience, and then you do see the burst and the power. And kind of, you know, was it the second run where he had the big arm tackle? Yeah. Yeah. Um, For 13, right? Right, 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 right. Which Um, turned out to be, I think, his longest run of the day. I I would say, Jason, if I'm making a pie, okay, I'd say poor old line play, 50% lack of threat. 40, Taylor, uber protective of whatever rap he had on that right thumb, 10. I feel like 
JT from this perspective too. Like outside of that Tampa game, I feel like he's just been kind of timid at times as a runner. Yeah, you know, again, there's the fine line between what's timid and what's patient. Right. You know, like sometimes when you let the linebacker over pursue, now the cutback lane's open and you get the last laugh. So, yeah, I would say Taylor's run style is a little bit more patient than, you know, whatever. Uh, Kareem Hunter. I'm trying to, like, insert these, like, down. I mean, Zach Moss. Derrick Henry. You know, just guys that are just, you know, one cut downhill guys. And I get it. When you're as athletically gifted as Taylor, I understand where some of that comes from. But I thought specifically to Sunday, I just thought I thought Atlanta just powered you up front. I thought they oh, just yeah. and again, those sacks to me were, were were power sacks. It was no no no. The pocket is being reset and instead of this nice little curve of a pocket, it's like you've got a jagged edge here, a jagged edge here, and then you had no idea how to handle it. Uh, going back to your Gus Bradley comment, just or the question just a second ago, the thing that like frustrates me the most is. And I thought we got one more Gus related question. If you want to hold off on that thought, okay, I we yeah, have another one maybe. Um, doesn't look like it, so I'll share it now. But like the part that frustrates me the most about Gus is the fact like even though there may be teams that are bad defensively like Minnesota under Zimmer they were bad defensively but A you knew they are going to bring pressure and B you didn't know where the pressure was coming from there's no like schematic you know confusion the disguise yeah there's no disguise there's no like oh I'm going to bring both my linebackers up to the line of scrimmage and then either one backs out or neither back out or both back out. There's none of that. And if they do come up to the line of scrimmage, they always just run back with like three or four seconds left on the play clock before the ball snaps. So it kind of defeats the purpose, in my opinion. Yeah. Again, I don't think it's – um. there are certainly some positives to point to from what Bradley's unit has done. But to me, it's just a stylistic aspect to it. I am more of an aggressive coach human on both sides of the ball. You know, again, I don't want the opponent to sit there on Tuesday and say, this is what they do, they won't deviate from it. I want them to say, guys, what the hell do you think they're going to do to us this week? Right. I want the seed of doubt in their brains. Uh, That was only the third play this year for Tyler Algier, over 20 yards, by the way, on that 31-yard touchdown run. Absolutely pathetic. Uh, Matt would like to know if there needs to be some – if we need to admit that the leaders on this team, DeForest Buckner, Quentin Nelson, uh, Kenny Moore, and Ryan Ryan Kelly aren't getting it done because we've had coaching changes, they've brought in a million different quarterbacks, but the same pitiful results keep happening when it matters the most. Uh, December losses, I guess. Is that the reference there? Is that is that what the when it matters the most part of it? Um, Probably. Yeah. I guess I understand a little bit of the basis of the question. Um, God, I'm trying to think back to that Raiders game a couple of years ago when you lost there. Ugh. Late late in the season, you know. I know. I'll, I still see Hunter Renfro. Just the blame, you know, and that was Renfro beating Kenny Moore on that play. Um, yeah, I, I do think specifically to Sunday, I thought your stars were too quiet. You know, I don't remember a lot of Buckner in the game. I don't remember a lot of Kenny Moore. I don't remember, you know, I think Zaire Franklin has taken a little bit of a step back from the guy we saw earlier in the season. Is that more health? Um, yeah, I know the knee injury was, well, that was right around Germany, right? When, when he had the knee, mm-hmm. how much of that is playing into it? Uh, and then O-line, you know, from a Nelson, Kelly. I know you're missing Braden Smith, but still, uh, you need better from those guys up front. I think those are all, you know, really kind of fair statements to make here. And, you know, in a way, these stars are going to kind of turn over a little bit of a leaf of just age, contract, those sorts of things. Um, again, I still think you can sit here and say the year has been better than many, many uh, – I mean, pretty much everybody thought from a win-loss standpoint. Um, you can say that you have taken advantage of a very, very manageable schedule. Um, and at the same time, this is a rebuild. I mean, it, it, you, there are still – you know, I go back to the Manning-Luck analogy so often. Luck winning 11 wins in 2012 did not mean that all of a sudden you made three AFC championship appearances in the next five years. No, you drafted horrifically in 2013 – Poorly again in 14, poorly again in 15, and that era didn't go anywhere near, according to plan. Even when Luck was healthy 
and playing football for you. The Manning era, they win three his first year, but they draft a Hall of Famer in 99, another Hall of Famer in 2000, another Hall of Famer in 01, Robert Mathis in round five of 2003, and boom, you have the greatest era in NFL history. So I guess what I'm getting at is the short-term feel-good nature to Shane Steichen in this season from a win-loss total is certainly there and should be celebrated. But don't think for one second you can rest on your laurels and think, you know, I had a buddy of mine text me last night of, man, watching Lamar Jackson, you know, makes me, you know, think how great Anthony Richardson's going to be. Again, there's a little element of pump the brakes here. I mean, yeah. Lamar Jackson is on his way to his second MVP and won a Heisman Trophy. You know, Anthony Richardson's played 170 offensive snaps. And again, look at how Baltimore, Baltimore's been one of the best drafting teams over the last handful, half dozen years. Mm -hmm. And especially, they looked at this year and said, guys, we need to do something differently. So let's go take Zay Flowers in round one. Let's go get Odell Beckham Jr. Now they have a wideout core that, with Mark Andrews being out, they still can kind of withstand some of that. And they've obviously had some big injuries as well. So, um, yeah, I guess more of it, you need better out of your stars. Um, But I don't think, like, December losses to me means, like, Total, total overhaul, um, to me, it was always still a rebuild. Like winning, you know, winning in September and October, November, uh, that's different than than December. I have had this conversation with Rick Ventura. You can break up the season into four segments. Preseason, regular season, December football, playoff football. Yep. I mean, very different rungs on the ladder and getting used to winning in those moments there. Walter is up next. He says that you mentioned not wanting to see this current scenario at the beginning of the season. We may or may not make the playoffs, but we still have a question mark at the quarterback position. Would you consider looking for another backup for next year? The line didn't do him any favors yesterday, but I'm tired of watching Gardner Minshew overthrow wide receivers. After the season, the only receivers the Colts should retain from this group is Michael Pittman Jr. and Josh Downs. Since we have lost the Harrison Lottery, which wide receiver would you like to see the Colts draft? Also, what receiver would you like to see the Colts sign during free agency? It's funny. Um, this question gets brought up, Eddie. I was looking at the receiving leaders a few weeks back, and I don't know if this still holds true, but at one point, um, of the top 15 leaders in receiving yards in the season, not a single one of them was a free agent signing. I think you had to go all the way down to DeAndre Hopkins, and he was like, at the time I did the exercise, I think he was like 15th or 16th. Uh, But pretty much everybody was drafted, and then you obviously had the trade guys. Tyreek Hill, Mm -hmm. A.J. Brown, uh, D.J. Moore, Stephon Diggs, etc. So, like, you just... (laughs) You don't you don't find these guys in free agency. So I've almost just kind of you know written that off. I mean, Malik Neighbors, Keon Coleman would probably be the two in that next group. Uh, now it's twenty third. Where's Hopkins? Um, let me find him. Twenty sixth. Boy, he's falling off that much. Gosh, you got to go all the way down to twenty third. And that's Adam Thielen. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. But it, it's a reminder of you know those guys just don't hit the open market. Um, it's trade or it's draft, and you know I know Walter obviously here is you know very down on Alec Pierce. Again, first off, Pierce isn't going anywhere. The contract situation's fine. He shouldn't go anywhere. He can still be a really important one-trick pony with Anthony Richardson's right arm trying to get him the football. But I, you know, you you, you still add to it. Um, yeah, I mean, look at Philly, look at Miami. I mean, look at these. I mean, Brandon Ayuk to Debo Samuel. And that's with George Kittle. I mean, you still have some really, really important pieces, multiple pass-catching pieces there. So, um, did you walk away from Sunday, by the way, thinking that Minshew was horrible? No. Like, I, I mean, I walked away. He was, he, he was Minshew. He was blah. Yes. He was probably more of like the 2023 one we've seen. I thought he threw some catchable balls that guys need to haul in. I mean, obviously throws the pick late, but um, or, or his final numbers: twenty of thirty-seven for two hundred one. I mean, sacked six times. I mean, his rating's horrible. Yeah, I, I didn't. I thought he did not get any help from his wideouts and/or his O line. 
Uh, and just five of the top 50 receivers are free agent signings. Really? Yeah, I mean, none of the first 25 stands out to me more than anything. I, I'd go Keon Coleman over Malik Neighbors, but I still want to look into some of that stuff. Roma Dunze? Yeah, I, I don't know. I need to dive a little deeper into that in the coming weeks. Uh, just Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. A couple questions left. Craig says, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Craig, same to you. Clearly, the Colts took the day off to celebrate with their family. Nice, pathetic effort on both sides of the football. Can we trade Gus Bradley for the Atlanta defensive coordinator? Obviously, he understands football better than Gus. He blitzed a below-average quarterback, and Minshew almost gave the game. Or, he blitzed a below-average quarterback, and Minshew most of the game while Gus let Taylor Heineke sit back and look like Tom Brady by just rushing four. I don't understand why Gus is still around. Certainly not the only reason we lost the game, but when you give a crappy quarterback confidence, even when uh, even they can look like a superstar. It's that final part right there for me, Eddie. Giving backup quarterbacks or below average quarterbacks confidence? When you give a crappy QB confidence, even they can look like a superstar. That's, to me, like... And again, you've done that at times. Bryce Young, Trubisky, um, Mac Jones. But two of the last three weeks, you haven't. And that's what really stands out. You know, it's Browning getting to that highest passer rating of anybody in week 14. And, you know, all the big plays we talked about with Heineke. It's, um, I want to be the one that strikes a little bit more fear into that backup QB. And not just like the... All right, let me get out the Gus Bradley, you know, file here, and this is what to expect from the Colts. I like their defensive line and being kind of an attacking, get up field, that sort of output, but that would be where I would have the criticism from a defensive standpoint. Just two questions left. David, do the Colts pick up Quiddy's fifth-year option? This has been his best season, but I think we still want more. What would this team look like if Stephon Gilmore did not one out? He closed games by himself last year. We're missing that in our outside corners. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, you certainly do miss Gilmore. I mean, think back to this matchup coming up on Sunday, Eddie. You know, Devontae Adams had a big game against you last year, but who made the play late? You know, it was Gilmore when Carr was, you know, trying to find Adams for the game winner there. You know, I would not pick up the option for Quiddy Pay. I know the sack number is going to be right around double digits at the end of the year. I don't see the consistent hurry, knockdown pressures that you would like to see. And I'd be very curious what a motivated Quiddy Pay would look like in a contract year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a pretty self motivated, but this is different. You know, this is, I mean, this is, hey, this is that man. I mean, um, so this how is does, about your future in the NFL? Like, right, right, right. And, and like locking up that future is probably, I mean, he still obviously would, would get a chance to whatever play elsewhere, but you may not see the same amount of money. Just see how he racks, Cer- certainly. See how he racks to that. So, again, I know the sack number, we can fall into that trap, but to me, it's a lot of. It's a lot of the consistent pressure stuff. Like, I've, I've already started to do a little homework on that Houston. Indianapolis first matchup. You mean Sunday Night Football in a couple weeks? Very well could be. Uh, Trying to look up to that or trying to look back on that. Now that was three months ago, you know. So that you know, so much has changed for both teams. As much as the Anthony Richardson start to that game was the big memory, it was the consistent pressure on Stroud throughout. Yeah. You know, I think he was hit. I want to say he was hit like 16 times in the game. May was hurried 16 times and hit 10. Those are big numbers for this Colts front. And it's that consistent pressure, not just the six sacks or whatever the number is. You know, if you can, I mean, if you can pressure a QB in a one to two times every series, 
that does wonders for you, enforcing incompletion, forcing an early throw, taking you away from a read, et cetera, et cetera. I don't see that enough from Pay. I see from from some other guys, Ebukam certainly, but not enough from him. Dia was quiet yesterday too. Yeah, it was. I I mean, to be fair, the whole D line was. I, there was the one series where I think Grover and Ebukam both made a play in the run game, but yeah. outside of that. And the final Twix question of 2023 goes to Flippin. Hearing the, the more big picture and philosophical questions on the pod today says a ton about how the fans feel about the team. I feel the same way. My concern would be to make the playoffs and get complacent and free agency even more so than usual. The time to build around Anthony Richardson is right after this year. All chips in. Period. Yeah, you yeah, you can't get complacent. I I understand there's probably some PTSD in that question even being asked, but where does Shane Sykin come from? Philly, L.A. I didn't see any complacency with the Eagles and how they build and continue to try and build how they built it and continue to try and build it. So these are the times to build. You take advantage of Richardson. You take take advantage of Ryman. I guess in a weird way, you take advantage of not paying. An elite rusher, an elite corner, big-time money there. So, um, yeah, this is the time. And I would like to think a Steichen influence would rub off there on Ballard. Like, I think Steichen's a guy, Eddie, that's, like, really smart, but I don't think – you know, I thought Frank got complacent at times being like, no, 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 you know, my offensive expertise can – you just you know show me who the 46 guys are and we're going to make it work. I think in the offseason – I think the Richardson pick is a big element of that. Give me all the talent in the world, all the unteachable talent in the world, and we'll figure it out. I, I, I would like to think that you would have that from Shane there. Are you a New Year's resolution guy? I'm not, no. Should I be? No, I'm not. Yeah, I, I can't say I am. I always no. say, people always say they do, and then they try it for a month, and it's like, okay. That was fun while lasting. Yeah, or hell, they don't even make it to whatever, January 12th with that. Yeah. Um, okay, podcast schedule coming up, a little amendment on it. I'm going to be out uh, doing remote action here for our morning show coming up the rest of this week. So uh, if you're looking for immediate post-Raiders content, website 107.5 The Fan, we'll have the written content. I'll do a uh, pregame recap video from the Raiders game as well. Our next pod, though, we're going to shoot for next Thursday. That'll kind of be a little bit of Raiders recap. Obviously, by that point, it'll kind of be later in the week, so that won't be as neat as well. It'll obviously be a heavy Texans focus because that you know continues to shape up to be kind of game of the year feel to it. So uh, check your inboxes for that. Again, we'll still have some written content up on the website throughout. We'll do a little post-game video after that Raiders game. Will your video be beachside? It will not be beachside. No, no, no. I'll be heavily indoors, to say the least. Thank you. There will be zero jealousy of that whatsoever. Although, boy, you talk about Christmas here in in, uh, Indy. It certainly looked like from a standpoint. It was nice. I know. I was like, can I play golf today? (laughs) I don't think I was going to get that green light. Uh, All right, Eddie Garrison, you have a great week. Everybody, thank you for listening to this edition of Kevin's Corner. Again, continue safe travels around the holiday season. Talk Uh, to you in 2024. And look at that. Talk to you in 2024.